Welcome to Season 7 of Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, a fascinating journey into the lives of top sports personalities and their connections to Chicago. They reveal entertaining, memorable, and emotional stories many you've never heard before. I'm your host, George Hoffman, and please follow this podcast through our new partnership with Last Word on Sports. Just go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is proudly presented by Mr. Duct, Chicagoland's premier comprehensive air duct cleaning and ventilation for residential and commercial properties. They're upfront and honest. Find them on the web at mrductcleaning.com. This week, we feature the owner of the Chicago Wolves of the American Hockey League, entrepreneur Don Levin. When this all came about with the roller hockey, we, you know, we figured that roller hockey was cheap, but then it became clear we were getting the hockey team. We said, well, what do we want to be? We said, we want to be tough for the we want to provide good hockey, but we want to always be family friendly and we always want to be family affordable. And so we, that's what we did. So our position was that we wanted to be available for everybody to come to. Don Levin is a self-made man. He was a mover and shaker in his teens and at the age of 22 opened Adam's Apple in Chicago. Back then, it was commonly referred to as a head shop. Just a few years later, Levin followed DRL Enterprises, a Glenview, Illinois-based company with holdings in many industries, including motion picture production and distribution, and tobacco processing, or to be more precise, rolling papers. Yes, rolling papers. But he founded the Chicago Wolves in 1994, a minor league hockey team that has won numerous championships. A native of Chicago, Levin is a dog lover in ways you can't imagine. So, Don Levin, tell me a story I don't know. Probably the story is the story of the wolves, how it started in many different things that had to happen to make to make it work, but not ever intending to have an ice hockey team. In, in 1993, well, I should go back. Brant Mulvey who was a hockey player for the Blackhawks. Now Mulvey came off the bench and stepped right into Lindgren. And now we've got something going. Delorme is going after Mulvey. That was totally uncalled for. Mulvey came off the bench and threw an elbow into the face of Lars Lindgren. Larry De Palma, he just gets out in front of the net. And um, I'm sure Coach Mulvey has talked to the boys. What you want to do is make sure you get the best position in front of the net. But Larry De Palma tries to get... His agent was my ex-roommate, my fellow named Buddy Myers. And in the years prior to 1993, we became friends as going to the hockey games and, and, and things like that. When Grant retired, he came to work with us and he was selling NHL products and we were selling patches, licensed things. So what goes on is he gets a, a region newspaper and hears that we are going to go into the roller hockey business in 1993. So there's a there's a roller hockey league, and the closest building they're playing in is in St. Louis. So we make arrangements to get a, a franchise in that league, and we're, we're going to start out in the winter or the summer of 1994. We do all of the artwork and things like that, and the Wolves logo is is, is now is made, but instead of an ice hockey puck, it has a roller hockey puck. So everything's going along, and sometime towards the middle. But you were in the middle of September of 1993, Grant reads an article saying 
that the International Hockey League is going to put a team in Indiana, Maryville, Indiana, which is pretty close to Chicago. So I said, wow, that's that's strange. They said, you know, we at the time thought there would be no chance that there would be a team anywhere near Chicago. So he says, well, I'll call him. And he called up the president of the International Hockey League. And he said, are you building a team in Maryville, Indiana? And he said, no. He said, I've just read that. He's, and Grant asked the next smart question. He said, would you put a team in Chicago? And he says, yes, why not? So at that point in time, we, we decide that we're going to change from a roller hockey league to an ice hockey team. But the Allstate Arena where we were going to play roller hockey does not have an ice system anymore. It was put in many, many years ago. It's rotted away and they have to replace it. So we go there and there's a man named Harry Pappas that's running the building. And we say, Harry, we can get this team and we think it'll do well, but we need you to have ice. And he says, when do you need ice? I said, well, the league would start, want the team to start in October or November, the latest of 1994. He said, let me talk to the mayor. And he went to see the mayor and the mayor said, fine, put the ice in. And they did. So between September of 93 and September of 94, we put all the pieces together. We got the building built. We didn't have a, a video screen. We couldn't get that fast enough. So our first year, we didn't have video. But in uh, 1994, in October, we, we played our first game. But uh, unbeknownst to anybody, and we were going to be a roller hockey team until Grant found an article and took the incentive to go ahead and make the phone call. How did the team do in its first season? Oh, I'm sure it was horrible. Um, <laughs> you know, we did not do well for the first couple of years. I went to a fellow named Mike Smith, and you may recall that name. Mike Smith was the general manager of the Blackhawks. I for... certainly do. Okay, so Mike was a very good friend of Buddy's, and it, we were having problems. We didn't know how to pick talent. We, you know, we didn't know how to pick a general manager. We didn't know how to pick a coach. So we went to, to Mike and said, Mike, look, let us hire you as a consultant and you help us figure out what to do. And Mike said, all right, fine. And he came back and he said, here's who you should hire. You should hire Kevin Shoveldayoff as the general manager. Kevin Shoveldayoff at the time he had just won the championship as the assistant general manager under Butch Goring in Salt Lake City. Uh, and then he said, for a coach, you should hire John Anderson. And John Anderson had just won the championship in the Southern Hockey League. And we said, okay, I have no idea who these people are, but you know what you're doing and we're gonna listen to you. And we did. So we contacted uh, John Anderson and we got him to agree. And then we called Kevin Shoveldayoff, and Chevy said, I'm not sure I want to be a coach or a general manager. I've not decided yet. And I said, well, I already hired a coach. Are you interested? And he said, yeah, well, I'll come and talk to you. So he did. And Kevin Shoveldayoff was like 26 years old. I have no idea how young he was. I, I just didn't really understand that uh, somebody that young could be that smart. So we, we hired him, and we hired both of them. And they had to work together and they put together a team and, and that team 
once they put it together, we, we won four championships in, in not too many years. Give me my cup back! For the second time in three years, the Chicago Wolves will hoist the Turner Cup! The Wolves are the 2000 champions of this league! So uh, those championships were won by those guys. Eventually, uh, both were taken by the NHL, and rightfully so. And Chevy's today the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets and still a very close friend. You Uh, know, it's interesting that you mentioned Mike Smith, who is a pretty good eye for talent. And a lot of Blackhawk fans may not remember this, but he was the one who drafted Corey Crawford, Duncan Keith, and Brent Seabrook. That's right. That's absolutely And if you look at his trades, he deserves a lot of credit for their championship runs. There was a lot of, Dale got a lot of, and rightfully so, a lot of credit for the, for the picks and for those. And he did. He did a good job. But Mike put a lot of those guys in there. I was surprised when he left the Blackhawks. He, he, he was doing a good job. He, he, he's a different guy. Um, yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's. Um, um, I, I had a chance to speak to him on a number of occasions, and he is a rather worldly guy. You wouldn't think he's a hockey guy. There's another right. backstory here, and that is the team name. Tell me a story. I don't know how that came about. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the team, we're trying to figure out a team name. And, and you know, we have Chicago, we have the Bulls, we have the Bears, uh, we, we had the Cubs. And so we're trying to figure out a name that, but we wanted a name that was, you know, going to show that we were sort of mean and, you know, we're going to be real nice players. <laughs> um, and so I said, well, I got a really good name. And, she, and what's that? I said, my mother's name. My mother's maiden name was Wolf. So I said, that was it. So it became the Chicago Wolves. And, and so that's, is that, I think that's where it went. It was, it was nice. It was nice to see. It was nice. It, it's been, this has been a lot of fun. This is really been an interesting part of my life for the last 30 years. It, it's really been something, that's for sure. There's another collaborator besides Grant Mulvey and Buddy Myers, and that's Wayne Mesmer, whose wonderful voice has been the soundtrack of the national anthem for decades and who we featured on this podcast earlier this year. Wayne has been with us from the very beginning. As a matter of fact, and here's a story that you probably do know, that when he would left the Blackhawks in 1993, he went to... uh, a bar after the uh, a Blackhawks game, and I can't remember where it was, but on the west side, and I can't remember the name of the bar, but he got shot, got shot in the throat. He was in his car, and uh, some people or one person came up to him and, and tried to rob him, and I don't know what happened, but he got shot, got hit in the throat. And uh, off we went from from there to a county hospital where they did a uh, overnight 10-hour surgery. Woke up two and a half days later with a lot of questions. And they had done a tracheotomy, so they had uh, opened me up uh, on my throat from ear to ear. And uh, I'm thinking, I've got to maintain some sense of humor to keep me from imploding. So I write down on a slate to Kathleen, I, I imagine myself when they gashed me from ear to ear to get this thing, I said, looking like a Pez dispenser on the operating table, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, she says, oh, you are still as crazy as ever. And over the period of time, she looked at me and said, we should try our best 
for complete recovery. We get a phone call. I, I don't remember where we were, but we ended up driving to Cook County Hospital and his wife was there. It was, it was a pretty interesting evening, that's for sure. Scary. Yeah. Uh, so he was there for a while and then he went to, to Northwestern where he, the rehab at Northwestern and eventually, I mean, we didn't know what would happen and he would, he started out with a little crackly voice and then all of a sudden his voice got stronger and Wayne being Wayne, he worked really hard and he ended up uh, coming and singing the first time after leaving the Blackhawks and after being shot at that first home game in October of 94. amazing it was, it was it's a pretty it was a pretty amazing day for for a lot of people building was packed and he he was you know he was nervous and we were nervous and but he he did a great job he's been doing the great job for 30 years since then. when's the last time you had your air ducts cleaned here's the best solution mr duct a name Chicagoland has trusted for over 20 years. They work on your furnaces, air conditioners, and do repairs, maintenance, and installations. In other words, they're your all-around company for air quality choice and more. Mr. Duck provides on-site commercial ventilation cleaning estimates. You'd be hard-pressed to find better. So give them a call at 888-4-MR-DUCK. That's 888-467-3828. And Mr. Duck is the right choice to clean your residential dryer vents. They do a full inspection to make sure your dryers are running properly. Mr. Duck works with schools, health facilities, and office buildings to make sure you're breathing clean air. Their testimonials are endless, and with good reason. So don't think twice when you're ready to work on air ducts, dry vents, and so much more. Just think Mr. Duck. Duct 888-4-MR-DUCT. That's 888-467-3828. And find them on the web at mrductcleaning.com. You set out on this venture. You weren't really trying to challenge the Blackhawks. Was this basically, here's another option for hockey fans? Yeah, what happened, what, we've been going to Blackhawk games, but Buddy, like I said, he, he was the agent for a bunch of these Blackhawk players. And he had seats directly behind the net. And so through Buddy, I got to meet a lot of the players and, and it, I fell in love with the game. I mean, it just really did. And it was $18 for the second glass seat. That was how much it was. So we knew everybody that sat next to us. And we knew everybody that sat behind us. And we knew by names. We knew birthdays. We, we knew everybody. In those days, there was no video replay. It was just a, a big screen, but that screen didn't have didn't have video. So if you missed a play, you turn over and say Bob or so and so, whatever name. What happened? And they'd explain it to you. Everybody was watching the game. They, they were all hockey fans, and they'd been there for years and years and years. As time went on, the price kept going up, and as the price kept going up, we started losing those people that we knew. And instead of the people that we knew that knew the players, they were, it became more of a nice sweater. It, it became a, the people sitting there were not hockey fans anymore. They were uh, corporate, but we lost that family feeling. That, so when this all came about, 
with the roller hockey, we, you know, we figured that roller hockey was cheap, but then it became clear we we're getting the hockey team. We said, well, what do we want to be? We said, we want to be tough. We don't need, we want to provide good hockey, but we want to always be family friendly and we always want to be family affordable. And so we, that's what we did. So our position was that we wanted to be available for everybody to come to. So you could bring, if you wanted to go to the Blackhawk games with your buddy and spend a hundred dollars a seat or whatever it was, and then you could, you know, bring your kids and come and watch us for $12 a seat. So, so that's sort of where we, we, where we went. So basically you are a fan first friendly franchise. I'm told you actually sometimes help people in their seats. Yeah. Well, before there was nets, we used to go crazy because people would come in with their kids. Nets, net, you know, netting around the rink. People would come in and they sit down, right? Well, you know where pucks go. But the guy shooting at the net, they miss it. It goes over the glass and it hits the seats behind the net. No, you don't want anybody to get hit generally, but you certainly don't want somebody sitting with a three-year-old on their lap. So we would run around and make sure if that's something that we would move. Why don't we move you over here? Because you, you're going to get killed if you stay. <laughs> so that, that kind of things we did. We, we, we were conscious of that. We, we tried to be conscious of our fans. That's for sure. When I think, Don, of some of the most unexpected changes in the broadcast booth in this city, I think of Harry Carey leaving the Sox for the Cubs, Len Casper doing the opposite but you pulled off quite a coup when the Blackhawks fired Pat Foley. Which time? Uh, uh, <laughs> I would say the first time, maybe. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, Pat. Pat was, and he was a great guy. He's he's a sixty-some-year-old, twenty-year-old. He loves the game of hockey. He just loves the game of hockey. He he's uh, old school. He, he's a great guy. You know, it, it was just, it was nice. So, you know, it, for me, it was fantastic. You have to have him there. We, I loved every minute. The Calder Cup Finals began with Chicago taking a commanding three games to nothing lead, which included a 6-1 blowout in game three at Wachovia Arena. But that's what Wilkes-Barre got going. They came alive, recording wins in each of the next two games. That sets the stage for game six tonight at the Allstate. And then, of course, the Blackhawks figured out when John McDonough came, he figured out a few things and, and you know, he straightened out a bunch of stuff. I, whatever, whatever you say bad about John McDonough, he did a good job for the Blackhawks getting them back into being a part of Chicago sports scene. They, they were so far off. The, they were in bad shape. And he called me up within days of becoming president and said, I want to talk to you. We sat down. And the first thing he asked me, of course, was, could I would have let Pat Foley out of his agreement? And, and I said, absolutely. I mean, it, it, that's not a problem for me. And Pat went back to the Blackhawks. He has a pretty good eye for talent. He stole a bunch of people from me. But you know what? That's fine. It's like when our players make the NHL. It, it, it's it's nice to see them do it. It's not, you know, you, you sort of feel proud that you, you can help a person move along and get to the next step. We have something very important in common. We grew up in Albany Park, which is on the north side of the city, about three miles west of the lake. It was such a wonderful area to grow up in, and you knew my older brothers. We right. all went to Hibbert Elementary School, but yes, it's exactly also right. 
it's also where you became an entrepreneur at an early age. I knew what I wanted to do when I was six years old. I mean, I, I just love business. I just do. I've always loved it. My father was a used car dealer and he, he was very specific about how he did things and he, you know, he'd touch up the cars and he, he did everything right. He tried to, he, you know, he, he, he was, you, I think used car salesman got a different rap, but he was a pretty honest guy, really honest guy and, and did a good job. And I just loved it. So when people always talk to me, I'm doing different things. I said, no, I just want to be in business. And when I was, I think, nine years old, I started delivering. And you'll know this play Blast Drugstore in Georgia for the fruits market and Ales for the grocery store. I used to literally deliver the groceries and things like that and deliver and work behind the soda fountain starting at night. And I loved every minute of it. I loved it. I still love it today. I love, I don't like, I don't do the soda fountain anymore, but um, I love business. It's funny. Those of us in our business knew what we wanted to do when we were six, seven, eight years old. And you wanted to be a businessman. That's an end. You're living out your dream. Yeah. For me, definitely living out my dream. Doing lots of different things. I mean, that's, it's, uh, I can't tell you how many different things I've done. It's a strange life, but it, it's been a good one. Well, I mentioned in the open that you founded DRL Enterprises, which, of course, those are your initials. Right. Uh, it's many industries. One of them is tobacco, but more specifically, pot, marijuana, and rolling papers. Well, because... no, I was never in the pot business. Uh, um, what happened was I was working at Nortel Oldsmobile. A friend of mine named Shelly Miller just got out of the Navy, and I had been in the Marines, and and. Shelly said, hey, there's a store for sale called Adam's Apple. And Shelly just retired and closed the store maybe in January this year, after 52 years. So we opened the store and we bought the store from a guy named Neil Swibish. And he, the name Adam's Apple came from his son's name was Adam. He, so he named the store Adam's Apple and had a beautiful painted window. And we didn't want to change the window, so we just kept the name. So we did that, and I bought everything in the store other than the cigarette papers. Everything, T-shirts, records, tie-dye stuff, whatever. I just didn't buy the, the rolling papers. I figured, what is that for? I never heard of this thing. Well, the next week, people came in, and, and everybody said, I don't care about all this other stuff. Where's the rolling papers? So I called Neil and said, Neil, you know, where, where are the rolling papers? He says, oh, here, I knew you'd call me. I'll send the bring the box back. And I, he brought them back. And that's the day I got into cigarette papers. It was in 1969. So over the years, we, we you know, we developed brands. We, the brands we own are Zigzag or Job. But, in, but Zigzag United States is, is sold by somebody else. Uh, job, Top, OCV. Yeah, we had a bunch of them, but Bonnie, we, we've been doing this a long time, and we have some good brands. Didn't it turn into the largest roll-your-own tobacco company in the world? Uh, well, the largest paper company in the world. So I was lucky enough to meet a man in France that owned the paper mills and owned the paper uh, transfer. The paper, you have to make the paper, which is an interesting story in itself. Then you have to take it. And you had to make it into a booklet. And I met this man and he called me in 2000 and said, I'm going to sell this to you. I'm going to sell it to you because I know you'll take care of this company. It was his family company. And I did. And so I bought it. And uh, so that 
that makes it the largest. So it's the largest in the world. Yes. It's interesting because this is not about your, let's say, affinity with marijuana. It's more of a business deal. This is what it turned out to be. Yeah, I, I wasn't. No, I I was that guy that if people smoke pot and I did it, I'd sit in the corner. I mean, it was not. I'm just not that guy. It, it, it bothered me. From remember, I was. It's just in the 60s, late sixties, early seventies. That that was part of life. Like, sure, I guess it's like that way again now. But I I couldn't. I was a designated driver all the time because I just didn't work for people. I didn't mind it. I think people, you know, it's better than drinking. But for me. It would just, I, my body just couldn't deal with it. But it, it is it is an interesting paradox when you think about it, isn't it? Well, yeah, just like the not drinking bartender. Um, and the, the, you don't have to worry about them. They're not stealing anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you made a lot of money off of it. I mean, this is. Yeah, that's true. Can you imagine the world of marijuana today as opposed to when you got into that part of the business over 50 years ago? It's it's changed dramatically for sure, but there's still a world of when when I got into it back in those days, there was a lot of hustlers selling paraphernalia and stuff like that. Uh, and now it's as it's getting legal, it's getting more wild west again, and a lot of hustlers. There's some good people, and there's some people out there that are, that are a little bit difficult. But the fact you know, it, it's we thought in 1970 or 1975 that for sure the government would change their ways. The, the concept that 50 years later, people are in prison because they smoke marijuana is it's incredible. I know uh, people that sold pipes that spent almost seven years in prison. I mean, it was, it's been, it was some, really some weird stuff that went on, but the, the war on drug has been that way. But, uh, I, I don't have a, dog in this fight. It's just that um, I'm happy to see that, somebody, that, that there's some movement. That's all I got to say about that. If you're looking to attend any of the upcoming matchups in the Big Dance, we want you to use our friends at Ticket Smarter and the Ticket Smarter mobile app. They've got the most competitive prices on the secondary market, and your purchase is 100% safe and guaranteed with Ticket Smarter's service commitment. Plus, they've got an offer to make it even better to use Ticket Smarter. Use their promo code HOOPS23 to take $10 off your order. That's HOOPS23 to save $10 with Ticket Smarter. And their code is good for as many times as you want to use it for games in March. The madness is upon us all the way through the title weekend in Houston, and we want you to think smarter, ticket smarter, and remember their code, HOOPS23. We resume with Don Levin on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Your company also made nearly 20 movies with the likes of Charlie Sheen, Sharon Stone, the hilarious Rodney Dangerfield. How did you get into that racket? My lawyer's name, well, one of my lawyer's names, was Mel Pearl. Mel Pearl was a cat musician, Zavis Pearl and Geller, uh, which is now cat or something. It's a big firm now. But they, they were a specialty firm, and he and I became friends. And, you know, just before the movie, before I was in the hockey business, this is in the 80s, and it, 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 business can be dry. It can be, there's sort of formulas and stuff like that. Um, so he, we went out and got involved with 
one movie. And that was probably the biggest mistake in my life was the one movie because I put a million dollars in it and made $7 million. It was called... That that good, huh? No, no, no. It, it isn't that good. It's, uh, oh, God. Hooker by day, student by day, hooker by night. Actually, the name of the movie was Angel, and it was 1983. I just put on some sexy clothes and high heels and went out and made a living. Everything in life has a price on it, Angel. Somewhere down the line, you're going to have to pay. It's my life. Not exactly an Academy Award winner. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, well, anyway, so the, the, that movie, took, and then it was like winning in Vegas. I had to put money back in until I lost it all. You just, so the movies were fun. Uh, it was very subjective. Uh, we worked with a bunch of interesting people. It was, it was a great six or seven or eight years. Uh, what happened when I, my, I would go away for six or seven weeks at a time, and my, and my wife said, look, if we're, ever, if, I'm, if we're ever pregnant, you can't do this anymore. I said, well, that's the case. I'll quit as soon as that ends. And sure enough, it happened, and I quit. So I, that was the end of the movie business. Uh, but it, it was a, a lot of fun. It was a really a lot of fun. And then to, to get to back to that subjective part of my life, I guess how the hockey team became important to me because picking talent and a hockey team was similar to picking talent for a movie. You didn't know what was going to happen. As a businessman, you will have successes and failures. Did you ever have a spectacular failure? Oh, I had several spectacular failures. <laughs> uh, I, I decided that Zippo lighters were a great lighter, but I could come up with the one that would be just as good. And I called it a tank because they're built like a tank. That was pretty much of a spectacular failure. <laughs> um, I bought, the, 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 when e-cigarettes started, uh, I bought into a company in Wisconsin and put in millions of dollars. And we figured that the FDA was going to ban flavors because they banned flavors in cigarettes. So why wouldn't they ban flavors? In... So of course the FDA came in and, and regulated everything, but they, forgot to ban flavors. So we ended up with a company that was the only one that didn't have flavors. And so that was, we just wrote that one off. But uh, now they're banning flavors, but they haven't done it yet. The Wolves are having a tough go this year. They may not make the playoffs, but as we just mentioned, spectacular failures. How about spectacular successes? Because last season, the Wolves won another championship. Fifth one, fifth five in 29 years. Five seconds remain. The Wolves have done it again. They reclaim their championship glory. The Chicago Wolves are the 2022 Calder Cup champions, and the celebration is underway. That's not bad. Now I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story you don't know. Every one of them was won with the help of a guy named Don Waddell. Don Waddell was the general manager of the Atlanta Thrashers. And we were, well, in the IHL, you didn't have affiliates, but we, we you sort of had affiliates. You got players from them. And, you had, and then you'd hire your own players as well. So he, we won four championships with Don Waddell. And, and then this last one, Don Waddell's general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes, again, we won that championship with Don Waddell. So, Every championship that we've won is with Don Waddell behind it. 
that's pretty amazing through yeah, the course of the many years. Here's right. another here's another success story that has nothing to do with money. It's about dogs. You are really a great dog lover, and it involves adopting dogs. Yep. We do, the wolves do. Every month we do something. So in in the off season, we do vaccination clinics in underserved areas. And we have a group of veterinarians and I Hyde Park Animal Hospital, I should bring them up right now because they, they provide vets and help and they do a lot of work. So we go out and we'll do you know, four to 500 dogs every time we do it. And we'll do it once a month in underserved areas. And then during the season, once a month, we have uh, days where we adopt dogs out of the, right at the building. So because we're in the suburbs and we have a suburban crowd, a lot of suburban crowd, we can get rid of getting rid of the bigger dogs. And it's hard in the city to get somebody who want a big dog because they don't live in apartments and they don't have a lot of room. So we've, we, we've, you know, we've been away probably over a couple thousand dogs now have been adopted right out of our games and, and gone home with people. And, and uh, it, it's been really nice. That's it's, it's really nice. Did you grow up with dogs in uh, yeah, Albany I, Park? No, no, not really. I grew up loving dogs, but uh my mother was not a dog person, so I she had cats around the house. I, I was always involved with animals, always. My sister's a dog groomer. My niece is a vet. We, 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 our family is very, very involved with animals. Uh, I've got my dog with me now. He goes up here. He'll be 14 next month. He's, uh, But everywhere I go, he goes. You served in the Marines. You've been recognized by the Boy Scouts of America and inducted into the Illinois Hockey Hall of Fame. You've lived quite a life. Yeah, it's been a good life. I can't, I've got to say that. It's been fun. Uh, I still get up and I still have the spark, love to do things. So it it, it is interesting. I mean, it, you know, you think about that now because what am I going to do with the wolves? My son doesn't want it. Uh, he's not interested in being a father. So I mean, what I'm, today's, in today's world, I have to try to find somebody to buy in with me, to try to, I don't want to really sell the team, but I think I have to bring somebody in to be a partner and try to try to find the right person that could end up with the team to to try to make sure it doesn't change its it, its moral compass. Trying to make sure it stays fan friendly it would kill me to see it not be that way. Uh, but so I mean, it's been a great life. Things are are really good. Uh, sort of in the fall of my life and trying to figure out the best way to pass this on and make sure a lot of the things I've done continue. Yeah, great employees, great people. That, and it's important for me that they, they're they're taken care of and that it, they stay in an environment that's healthy and, and, and safe. What are you most proud of? Oh, I don't know. I think, what am I most proud of? I'm most proud of the group of people that I put together. And that, um, I mean, it's a great, it, it, I got a lot of people there 35, 40 years, 25 years, 20 years. In Europe, the same way we have, I, I was just at a party in, in our factory in France and now I've owned, owned it 22 years, but I've been dealing with it for 50 years, uh, same factory. And the seeing three generations together of people that work there, in, 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 you know, family run, family owned, we, we, we want to make sure it stays that way. And uh, I don't want to be in a situation where, uh, a, a big company buys it and then fires everybody because you can hire somebody for eight dollars an hour instead of fourteen dollars an hour or something. It, it it's um, 
that, that's that, that's what haunts me at night. But it's also the same thing that makes me the problem. I ask this final question to all my guests, Don. If not for the business world, what would you have been? Who knows? I mean, I can't <laughs> imagine anything else. I just can't. I mean, I, you know, a lot of, not a lot of people, some people go at the end, you know, they get older and they say, oh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. I never wished I did anything else different. I, I think that I still get nervous about things. I still get, I'm still competitive. I, I, I don't like to lose a dollar. It's what I am, and it's, you know, I, I'm not going to retire. It's, it's who I am, it's what I am. I love it. This has been a fascinating, if not long overdue interview, Don. You have made such a great contribution to the fabric of this city. And from the sounds of it, you're not done contributing. Thank you so much, Don Levin, for telling me a story I don't know. Thank you, George. My thanks to the Chicago Wolves, Angel, the movie, and the American Hockey League for those wonderful highlights. And my thanks as always to the people behind the scenes that help make this wonderful podcast possible. TJ Reeves for putting us on the map, Will Hatzel for his crafty editing, Nick Tochi for our wonderful graphics, and to our new partner, Last Word on Sports. And to our presenting sponsor, Mr. Duct. You can find them at mrductcleaning.com. Tune in next week when we feature another intriguing guest on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. I'm George Hoffman, and that's all she wrote. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer.